0: Fans, this is this the, Devil's the Devils State, State of, of Mind, mind podcast, podcast. Brought, brought to you to by, you the, by hockey the Hockey Podcast Network. Now, now here's your, here's host, your host, host, Neil Villapiano. What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and a welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys, as always, are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks. We actually have a pretty decent amount to talk about here on this episode, this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast. The Devils actually have decided to make changes behind the bench, Um, so we're obviously going to talk about that. Um, We're also going to be discussing some of the things that General Manager Tom Fitzgerald spoke about in his press conference to end the season and... We're also going to be looking at some of it. We actually have a pretty decent amount of players that are actually going to be continuing their seasons of playing hockey as they'll get a chance to play overseas. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So... The first thing we'll discuss is obviously the biggest news that we've gotten uh, basically since the season ended, which uh, the season ended a little less than a week ago. So um, still pretty fresh in everybody's mind and everything. But yesterday, just afternoon, the Devils put out an official press release that went like this. The New Jersey Devils today announced that it has mutually agreed to part ways with assistant coach Alain Nazruddin as his contract will not be renewed. Additionally, assistant coach Mark Recky has been relieved of his duties. The announcement was made by Devils executive vice president slash general manager Tom Fitzgerald. So I kind of had a feeling that some changes were going to be made according to a lot of the sources that I have, Um, It was pretty much almost a guarantee that some form of coaching change was going to happen on Wednesday. The question really was, what exactly were we going to get? Were we going to get a full sweep of the coaching staff? Was it going to be one or two guys? You know, what were we going to get? And I actually found out this news, I want to say about a half hour, maybe an hour prior to the Devils making it official. So I already knew that um, both Nazardine and Mark Recchi were going out the door. The only thing that none of us really knew was that was Lindy Ruff going to be joining them. Uh, and it turned out that that was not the case. Um, so the Devils are indeed making changes behind the bench. It's just not a full, clean sweep. And based off of what I heard from Tom Fitzgerald, and we'll talk in more detail about what um, Fitzgerald said in his press conference in a little bit, but based off of what he said, Tom Fitzgerald said in his presser about Lindy Ruff and things like that, I would say it's a full on guarantee at this point, that Lindy Ruff will be back uh, behind the bench as the head coach of the Devils for the 2022, 23 season. And a lot of people have mixed emotions in general, about just this move with the dismissal of Mark Recky and uh, also the mutually um, separation with Elaine Nazardine. Let's start with Mark Recke. Um, First and foremost, I think that this was the right move to let Mark Recky go. A lot of us, including myself, were pretty excited to see him come in when he got brought in two years ago. Um, but I remember actually doing an interview and it was here on the devil's state of my podcast. We talked to uh, Nick Hor- Horvath, Horwath, Horwath, um, excuse me, with uh, the tip of the iceberg podcast, which covers the Pittsburgh Penguins here on the hockey podcast. Network. we interviewed him and one of the questions that we had for him was simply his opinion of Mark Recchi and what Mark Recchi could potentially bring to the devils. And, what Nick basically said was what we actually ended up experiencing ourselves over these last two years, that although Mark Recchi has a very impressive pedigree, his the, the way he coaches the power play and puts the guys in positions is not good. And considering that the Penguins had a lot more talent than the Devils did, at least at the time, um, and they weren't having success on the power play with guys like Mulkin, Crosby. Gensel, Brian Rust, to name a few, um, you know, he didn't feel that it was probably going to work out. And I do want to give Nick credit for the fact that he was right. He was right about the fact that Mark Recke, um just wasn't going to do a good job. And to be quite honest with you, I think that he probably did a worse job here than he did when he was in Pittsburgh to be quite honest with you, Mark Reckie did not do the job that he was brought in to do, to, to just be completely honest. Um, although, obviously, guys like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Brat, Sharon Govich, Dawson Mercer, just to name a few, um, have certainly improved their offensive skills. The power play over the last two years has been absolutely atrocious. And this year in particular, it was embarrassing. I mean, at one point, the Devils went like 0 30 on the power play from late March to mid to late April. I mean, that in itself just shows you the incompetence that at times I felt Mark Reckie had when it came to coaching his power play. And a lot of it simply had to do with the fact that this team would just not shoot the puck as often as they should. And the fact that they gave up 11 shorthanded goals on the season more than any other team in the league. I mean, that's unacceptable to give up that short, many shorthanded goals. And there, I honestly can look back and say that were at least three or four games this season in which the devils lost primarily because special teams failed them. And even more particularly that the power play did not convert and probably gave up a shorthanded goal. And the fact that if you remember just two weeks ago, we're at home against Buffalo and we give up not one, but two shorthanded goals on one singular power play. I mean, that is absolutely awful, absolutely awful and unacceptable. And there were chance of fire Reckie to go back as far as January of this, of this season. So Mark Reckey being fired was the right call. You definitely need a much more offensive Minded coach, And I know that's kind of hard for some people to agree with when you look at Mark Reckie and look at the type of player that he was when he was playing. But the reality is, is that the Devils clearly need someone else, a different voice, a different mindset, a different type of system in there, <laughs> excuse me, in order for these guys to really flourish. And I don't know who that's going to be. I have no clue. I don't know who's available. I don't know who would be willing to come in as an assistant and go from there. So all in all, Mark Recky being fired was the right move. And I think a lot of us are pretty relieved that he was let go and that we're going to get a new power play offensive assistant coach because we certainly need that. Now, let's look at Elaine Nazardine. Nasruddin is such an interesting um, coach to evaluate because there are obviously things that he didn't do well, but there were also a lot of things that you can honestly say he did a pretty good job. Um, you look at the fact that he did a pretty decent job as the interim head coach um, at the end of the 2019-2020 season when the Devils let go of John Hines and Nasruddin was DMD interim head coach. There were a lot of times where I felt like the Devils were just playing better. I continued to point out that Nikita Gusev seemed to have finally gotten himself going in the NHL when Nazruddin took over. I felt that all basically Nazruddin did was just let these guys play hockey the way that they were capable of playing. So when uh, Lindy Ruff decided to keep on Nazruddin as an assistant, a lot of us, including myself, we're actually pretty happy about that. We felt that, you know, having a familiar voice, a guy that the Devils seemed to respond well to was a good move. Um, And he was put in charge of the penalty kill and the defensive side. And going back to last season, it was historically bad. I mean, it was atrocious how bad the penalty kill was. I mean, at one point we were looking at the Devils potentially having the worst statistical penalty kill in NHL history. I mean, it was bad and the defense was bad. Um, and you kind of wonder, do you put the full blame on Nazruddin for that? Um, I think you put a decent amount of it on him, but I think you also look at the fact that our defensive core was just not good. Um, that changes needed to be made. And you saw this past off season, what the Devils did. We got Ryan Graves, we got Dougie Hamilton, um, you know, we still had guys like Sieberson, and also we brought in Jonas Siegenthaler as well. The Devils improved their defense tremendously, and their penalty kill actually was pretty half decent. It finished 14th out of 32 teams. So in many ways, Nasruddin did a better job this year. And when he took over for a couple of games when Lindy Ruff um, well, uh, had to leave because um, some family situations and also COVID as well, um, the Devils just didn't seem to play the same way that they had played the last time Nasruddin took over. And maybe that just had to do with there were some new players on the team or because, again, the goaltending situation being so atrocious that uh, maybe Nazardeen was just put in a bad spot. But I think the honest reason why Nazardeen was, his contract was not renewed and he was uh, let go, so to speak, was quite frankly because of the fact that Nazardine has been here since 2015 and he has been part of a losing culture. I mean, he was here with John Hines. The team, other than 17, 18, didn't even get close to being in the playoffs. And then in the two years he's been here with Lindy Ruff, they just have not gotten – they've gotten even further away from being in playoff contention. And Tom Fitzgerald said it himself that the team needed new voices – in the locker room, in the coaching staff. And so he felt that it was a very hard decision. And I can understand why, because I think there was probably a bunch of players on this team that like Nazardine and respect him as a coach. And I personally think that Nazardine will get another uh, job somewhere in the NHL. I honestly, if John Hines stays on after this year in Nashville, I would not be surprised if Nazardine ended up being behind the bench in Nashville with John Hines, because Hines brought Nazardine in. So I, I as a coach, so I think that that would be pretty possible. Um, but at the end of the day with, with Nazardine, I, I just think that it was time to go in the sense of you need new voices in the locker room. I've said it before that this team needs a new voice. Um, and, and that's really what Tom Fitzgerald decided to do. Um, and obviously, I think Fitzgerald wanted to make a decision like this prior to speaking with the media, because then you can, uh, you can ask that question and then you give yourself the freedom to go out there and uh, start looking at potential options for assistant coaches um, this year. Now, as far as the rest of the coaching staff, uh, Dave Rogalski, who has been the um, goaltending coach He is still there as of right now. Um, I think just because nothing else happened prior to Fitzgerald speaking with the media, I don't think that there is um, a a definitive decision with regards to the rest of the coaching staff. Um, Even Fitzgerald kind of pointed it out that he's still evaluating the entire organization. He's being evaluated himself um, as the GM. So there's a lot that can happen between now and the start of training camp in September. Um, So we have to keep that in mind, but I think just based off of what Fitzgerald was talking about in his press conference and everything, I would say it's about a 95% uh, guarantee that Lindy Ruff will be back next season. And what are my feelings about it? Well, there are there, like I said before, there's an argument to be made about Lindy Ruff staying, and there's also an argument to be made, a pretty big argument to be made, that Lindy Ruff should not return. Let's start with why I think Lindy Ruff should stay. I think first and foremost, Lindy Ruff, since he got here, has been dealt a bad hand. If you look at the amount of things he's had to deal with in just two years, um, comparatively to the rest of his coaching career, it's been pretty difficult. He's had to deal with COVID-shortened seasons major players getting hurt and being out long-term, goaltending absolutely imploding, um, and just never really being able to have a full, healthy, legit roster. Um, So that is a pretty big reason uh, to keep Lindy Ruff, to say, you know what, what could Lindy Ruff do with a full, healthy roster and no sort of BS adversity or ridiculousness that this organization has had to deal with for the last couple of years? And then when you look at why Lindy Ruff, in my opinion, needs to go, it's a couple of things. Number one, when Lindy Ruff was hired as the head coach, we all looked at it the same way, that it was the third best option. Because Gerard Gallant didn't want to come here, and Peter Laviolette wanted more money, and the Devils didn't want to give it to him. So Lindy Ruff being um, the cheapest of the three options and things like that, the Devils went with him. Tom Fitzgerald also said he wanted Lindy Ruff to come in to develop the core of this team. Jack Hughes, Nico Kiescher, Jesper Bratt, Dawson Mercer, guys like that. And you could make a very legitimate argument that, yes, all of those guys have developed and have gotten a lot better, particularly, particularly Jesper Bratt. There's no question about it. But I think when you look at the entire team, the, the, the Devils have barely moved in the standings, have barely moved. They finished fourth worst in the NHL last year. And then this year they finished bottom five. So they really haven't gotten much closer to being a playoff team. And if you remember when Tom Fitzgerald spoke to the media at the end of last season, he said that one of his biggest goals was for this team to have meaningful games in March and April, which to me, put it as, You want this team to be in a position to to compete for the playoffs that late in the season. And unfortunately, due to many different things, the Devils were already out of it by January. And I put some blame on Lindy Ruff because there were many times this season where the team looked like they just gave up, that they were ignoring Lindy Ruff, that they were tuning him out, that Lindy Ruff, him yelling and screaming was doing nothing for this team. And that, excuse me, that it just it, 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 it just wasn't working. And there were plenty of times, you guys know this, there were plenty of times this season where we looked at the team and said, Oh yeah, Lindy Ruff has to go. I looked at, I look at just the last six games. They finished on a six-game losing streak and, and got one measly point. I mean they they didn't they had some games where they were competitive, but there were other times where they just looked absolutely lost. And the amount of times we got our ass kicked and we got blown out was a joke. The amount of times we blew multiple lead, multiple goal leads in the third, second, and third periods was ridiculous. And to me, I I understand that Lindy Rupp was dealing with unfair an unfair situation. But at the same time, as the coach, you need to still rally the troops and make sure that those type of things don't happen because you're trying to build a winning culture. And that's the way that I look at it. So I'm frustrated in a way that Lindy Ruff is still here because I'm worried about what if we go into next season and we're struggling right away and maybe 15, 20 games into the season, we're, Several games under 500. To me, that's just going to be well, you're once again tuning out your fans because you are putting us in a position where we're going to have to fight and scrap to just get into the playoffs, or we're going to be out of it again by January. And this is where I was just talking to a good friend of mine about this, where both Lindy Ruff and Tom Fitzgerald need to be on the hot seat going into next season. Because Fitzgerald has decided to keep Lindy Ruff for a third year. You have to make the playoffs. That's the expectation going into next season. Regardless of what you do personnel-wise, from a player standpoint or from the assistant coach standpoint, whatever you do, regardless of what happens, you have to make the playoffs. The players know that, the coaches know that, and Tom Fitzgerald knows that. Um, With Damon Severson, he said it in his end-of-the-season presser that the rebuild is over. He said that definitively. Rebuild is over. So if that's the case, if you're being honest and you're saying the rebuild is over, then next year it's playoffs or nothing. It's playoffs or everybody's getting fired. Quite honest. And you have a young core that is ready to go. You have a young, talented core that is ready to explode onto the NHL world. I'm ready to start dominating. You have to improve this team in many different ways. And you have to make sure that this team is put in the best position possible to make the playoffs. Some Some of the teams in our division are getting older and older and are starting to decline. This is the opportunity to jump those teams and get yourselves into a playoff spot. So I'm not wild about Lindy Ruff coming back. I have my concerns as I just pointed out. Um, but you know what? All we could do as fans is just hope that maybe, just maybe, uh, with new coaches and a full healthy roster and decent goaltending, that maybe they can turn it around. But I'm not gonna get excited about this team, ladies and gentlemen, until we're in January and February and we're still in it. Because if we're in January and February and we're and we're out of it, we're fully out of it again. I mean. What what can you say? I mean, what can you say that hasn't already been said? So Dean and Rekhi are gone. So we are definitely getting some new voices in the coaching staff. Uh, looks like Lindy Ruff, at least for now, is still staying on as head coach. Things could obviously change with a guy like Bruce Boudreaux somehow not staying with Vancouver. Vancouver decided to let him go. I mean, there are decent options out there. If you feel like that, you have to make that change. I personally think you do, but I'm not Tom Fitzgerald. So Fitzgerald knows that his his job is on the line going into next season. And I, I would love to hope that the ownership has made that clear as well. Because if Tom Fitzgerald goes three years since he took over as GM and hasn't made the playoffs and even hasn't gotten close. How can you keep him on? How can you keep on Lindy Ruff? I mean, this is these are things I'm pointing out. So it's time. It's time to make the right moves and to make this team the team that it needs to be. And that is a playoff and eventual Stanley Cup contender. That's the way they look at it. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets. No matter what, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Then the next thing I wanted to quickly discuss with you guys is the handful, more than handful, of Devils players that are actually going to be playing at the World Championships, um, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, the Men's World Championships, by the way, will start on May 13th. So that is what, five, six, start next Friday, actually, um, at the time it's recording. So next Friday will be the start of the World Championships. Um Let's see here. With Slovakia playing France, the United States playing Latvia, Germany facing Canada. Switzerland's first game of the tournament tournament will be on May 14th against Italy. Um, so here are the players that are going to be in it, as far as we know. Nico Heischer and Jonas Siegenthaler are going to be playing for Switzerland. Siegenthaler has been out with an injury um, for quite some time, uh, April 7th to be exact. But he said in his... Uh, end of the season presser that he should be good to go for that. So he'll get a chance to play um, some more this year. As far as Canada's concerned, Damon Severson and Dawson Mercer will both be going over. So Mercer, I I think because he actually can't, um, he will not be joining Utica for their playoff run. Uh, He'll be going and playing for Canada. So that's actually kind of cool. Um, (laughs) I I hate to laugh and I hate to be mean like this, but John Gillies will be one of the three goaltenders for Team USA. Um, I hope for his sake he doesn't play, but, you know, it is what it is. But we get another person representing the Devils at the World Championships. Tomas Tatar will be playing for Slovakia. And we also just got word that Luke Hughes will be joining Team USA Uh, for the world championships. So we have what, seven, two, let's see here up top of my head, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven different devils that are going to be going and playing in the world championships. So that should be fun. So for a lot of us, we'll have a chance to see some of these guys perform on an international stage. And it'll be very interesting to see how they all Perform. I'm sure for a lot of us, we're going to be watching Luke Hughes to see what he can do again on another international stage. Should be a lot of fun. So, obviously, the Devils will have some guys that will continue to play some hockey um, before this season, uh, before this whole hockey season in general comes to an end. So, that's kind of a good thing. That's actually a really cool thing. The other thing I wanted to mention as well is that uh, for the second straight year, PK Subban has been. Uh, named the Devils nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, which is presented to the best player who exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. P.K. Subban, very well known for his blue line buddies um, here with the Devils and also throughout his time in Nashville and Montreal. So that's kind of, uh, that, that's obviously an exciting thing. Um, PK Subban also, he posted an instant, he made an Instagram post two or three days ago, um, thanking the devils, thanking the fans and things like that. Um, so again, it really does seem like PK Subban's time in New Jersey is coming to an end. Uh, he did say that devils are a force to be reckoned with for years to come and it's, and it's going to come very, very soon. So, I mean, Subban's been watching it for the last couple of years. So I guess he has a pretty good idea as to what, um, what's going on. I wanted to read um, quickly here the Devil's um, Post or what Amanda Stein wrote about P.K. Subban being named the King Clancy uh, nominee for the Devils. Uh, She wrote, since his arrival in New Jersey, Subban has been highly active in the New Jersey community, particularly in Newark, where Prudential Center is located. Subban has had a unique ability to bring people together and through his Blue Line buddies has continued his efforts to to bridge the gap between law enforcement and un underserved children, despite the challenges that the pandemic has brought and not always being able to do in-person meet and greets. Subban revamped this program over the course of the last two years to take it digital in order to continue his program. He has been a distinguished ambassador for the Devils and the game of hockey. The virtual experience included video time with PK Zuban in a designated Devils Zoom room. Prior to the start of every home game, Subban would host a virtual meet and greet with participants, answering any and all questions and also expressing his deep thanks for their work. Not all of Subban's philanthropic contributions are designed through specific programs where P.K. feels there is a need. He has time and again stepped up to make personal donations and awareness to individuals in need. And then it says here, the winner will be chosen by a committee of senior NHL executives led by Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Um, PK actually was a finalist last year for this award and ended up uh, losing it to, um, I believe it was uh, Pecorino um, of the Nashville Predators. Um, so could Subban win it? I think it would be kind of a cool thing uh, for him, especially probably being the last thing he's going to be associated with with the Devils, and I wrote an article for Inside the Puck uh, a couple weeks ago, about a month and change ago, about the impact that Subban has had more off the ice than on, because obviously we know that Subban has been a disappointment on the ice, considering what he was expected to bring to this team. But off the ice, he has made major contributions in the community and also promoting the game of hockey and promoting the Devils, putting them more in a bigger, bigger spotlight around the league, despite how bad the team has been overall. So there's a lot of good things that Subban has brought, Um, to the team, and obviously a lot of us appreciate what he has done, and uh, I'm sure he's going to continue to play. It'll be interesting to see where he goes, kind of go from there. And uh, it's disappointing it didn't work out in New Jersey, but it's part of the business. But still, really, really cool thing for Subed to be named the King Clancy Memorial Trophy nominee for the New Jersey Devils. Now, I wanted to read some of the comments that that Tom Fitzgerald made during his presser. Um on Thursday morning at around uh, I think it was like 11 that he spoke to media. Then yeah, this was uh his end of the season presser. So after today, um we won't hear from any of these guys for months. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll probably hear from Fitzgerald and, and all that once we do the draft and everything. We'll go from there. Um, so here's some of the things. Uh Fitzgerald and the coaching changes. That tough decision was me put on me because I needed something different. For me, it was time for different voices for certain areas of our games and tactically was needed. Uh, But Sherald also thanked both assistant coaches, Nazardine and Recchi, great coaches, better people. Uh, He said, I'm evaluating the players. I'm getting player feedback, challenging players, how they can be better. Coaches, training staff, hockey operations staff. We want to be the best. We are growing, but I have standards that I want everybody to adhere by. Fitzgerald also said he doesn't use the goaltending situation as an excuse in evaluation, particularly on defense. On defense, he said, I want to get bigger. I want to get more mobile. I want to be harder to play against. Fair enough. Fitzgerald also said that Shakir Mukumadoulin has received his visa and should be on his way to North America soon. He also said he should go to Utica to spend time with the Comets. So there's a, there's a potential possibility here that Shakir could actually play some games with Utica um, during this playoff stint. We'll see, but Shakir is on his way to the United States. That's a big step for that, for our first round uh, pick back in uh, 2020. So that's uh, pretty cool. But Gerald, when he was talking about Jesper Brett, he said, he's a big part of our future. He's a tremendous young player. We want Jesper here long-term. That's my job to work out a deal with his agent. And again, Jesper Brett is a restricted free agent. He honestly should be the number one priority for the Devils prior to doing anything else. Um, and I feel very, very confident that a deal will get done. It's just a matter of when is it going to happen? I'll expect it to happen in the summer at some point. That's the way that I look at it. Um, Tom Fitzgerald on players like Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad, Nico Keesher, and exit meetings. They are very supportive of Lindy Ruff. They mentioned how influential he's been to the growth of their careers. Now, Nico Keisher didn't really say anything about supporting Lindy Ruff. But then again, he probably was just told to like, hey, you know, he because he just doesn't know what the situation is going to be. He doesn't want to comment on it. Uh, Jack Hughes, on the other hand, was definitive about how much he really likes playing for Lindy Ruff and what he's been able to help him uh, do in his career so far. So when you have the vote of confidence from three of your core players, it pretty much signifies that uh, Lindy Ruff is going to be sticking around. Um, Tom Fitzgerald said, we need Jesper Brad in our lineup. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Tom Fitzgerald on the future of Pavel Zaka, who is a restricted free agent. I have to look at the big picture of how we are constructing this team. Where Pav fits, we'll go through that process. What we need, does he fit? But Zaka's a really good player. I really don't think that Zaka will be here with the Devils next season. I think, you know, the fact that he's been here for about seven years now and it still hasn't fully clicked. I know he led the team in goals last season, but this year he just, no. Um, and I think based off of these comments, I I don't think that Fitzgerald sees a fit for Pavel Zaka moving forward. I don't know what's going to happen with regards to, um, you know, are we just going to trade him or anything like that? I don't know. Um, Am I going to be wild about Zaka coming back? Not really, because I, I think that his time here is done. I think he needs to go somewhere else if he wants to have better success. Um, But that's just my opinion. So I guess we'll, we'll see what happens uh, later in the offseason. Uh, Fitzgerald said, when you don't have Miles Wood in your lineup, that type of player, it hurts. Yeah, it does suck that we didn't have the speed and physicality that Wood brings to the team. Hopefully next season, with him being fully healthy, he could come back and... Um, really, really help us. I think he's also an RFA as well, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but Gerald said that he sure took, us, took huge steps as a captain, but leadership needs to come from the players. That's their room. They know what our standards are. They need to demand standards from each other. I think Nico took humongous steps in terms of leadership of this team. Says he might not call you out, but he'll talk to you and let you know what his explanations are. Nico's leadership skills are guys follow me, and he'll drag them into the fight. So yeah, Nico definitely is not the biggest rah-rah guy. He's a guy that is just going to try to lead by example and he's going to talk to his guys and try to get them going in many different ways. And um, you know, I think a lot, I think the team respects him as the captain, and I think they like him as the captain. So Nico is learning on the job, and it sounds like he's getting better and better. Uh, but Gerald. Said Lindy Rupp was brought in to be his partner and they will decide together on new coaching hires. My goal is to bring in people who think the same way as me and believe in the same things as me. So, again, you know, we that definitively tells you that Lindy Rupp is sticking around. The question now is who are we going to bring in as assistant coaches? Um, I honestly don't expect a decision to be made within the next week or two. I think that what you'll see is that as the playoffs, um, you know, continue to move forward. And now we're into round one. I think as more teams and more coaches are uh, seasons are over, I think then Fitzgerald would get a bigger option for who he could potentially bring in. I would say, keep your eye on a guy like David Quinn, the former head coach of the New York Rangers. He has a very good relationship with Lindy Ruff. Quinn brought Lindy Ruff in when he was coaching with the New York Rangers. I wouldn't be surprised if David Quinn came in. I don't know what he would do, but it's a possibility. Do I think a guy like, I don't know, Bruce Boudreaux could come in? No, because Bruce Boudreaux is a head coach. He's not somebody that could come in as an assistant, unless he wanted to, unless he felt like that he could come in and help the team and wants to come here. Um I think that it'll be very interesting to see what type of options the Devils will have and what they could do, but you have to really nail these assistant coaches, both on the offensive defense side. You have to bring in rock stars. The way that I look at, it. you have to bring in guys that are really going to make that those significant differences for our special teams. Cause that's something that's going to need a uh, major improvement, particularly on the power play. If you want this team to, uh, to have major success. So that was pretty much the gist of what, of what Fitzgerald uh, said in his press conference. So bottom line is simply this, guys. We're going to have some new assistant coaches. Lindy Ruff will be back for a third season, and the pressure's on now. The pressure is on both Fitzgerald because he's keeping Lindy Ruff and Lindy Ruff to get this team into the playoffs next season. A lot of things are going to happen. We have the draft lottery coming up next Monday, and we'll preview that a little bit more Again, there isn't much to preview with the lottery, um, but still we'll talk about it a little bit. We'll kind of go from there. We'll obviously talk about the results afterwards and and things like that. But we have a lot of things going on during this offseason. We have, like I said, the draft lottery, the draft itself, free agency, you know, trades could happen. Again, we're going to get some new assistant coaches. A lot of new stuff is going to be happening this offseason. And this has to be the offseason that really gets us over the hump where we go, no more excuses. It's playoffs or nothing. And there are some enticing options, both from an assistant coaching standpoint, from the draft standpoint, and certainly from free agency with a lot of cap space. The devils are going to have well over $20 million in cap uh go, you know, prior to making any sort of uh resignings or anything like that. So they have a lot of different options here, a lot of things that they can do to make this team better. So we'll see. But the devils have already kicked off the offseason. They are definitely making some changes, and hopefully those changes result in this team getting into the playoffs.